Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, July 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, you were one of the select few that got to see live baseball on Thursday night uh, for the first time in Cleveland all year uh, at Progressive Field, the Indians inter-squad game. You, go, you watched Shane Bieber look like Shane Bieber for, for most of the outing, and, and what else did you see? Yeah, it was, it was interesting, Joe. Uh, you know, the best part was uh, uh, on the scoreboard, they were calling balls and strikes with the, with the, pr- the pitch uh, tracker. That was cool. And, you know, they had the full scoreboard up there. They were keeping the pitch counts up there. It was, it was like a real game, and they were piping in crowd noise. And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was, it was kind of like it was supposed to be, I think, a spring training game. Uh, you know, they ended one inning, at least one inning early when a, a David Hernandez uh, ran out of pitches and reached his pitch count and they took him out and the Indians were kind of knocking him around, the, uh, you know, the Bieber Indians, I should say. So, but it was, a, it was, it was good to see baseball again. It really was. And uh, I think the Indians did their best to uh, create a, a pretty competitive environment. Right. They have to sort of artificially uh, manufacture that, that sense of competitiveness uh, with, with some of with the situation, but for the, for the players, for the guys, I mean, it's, it's gotta mean something. Shane Bieber goes out there and, and sets down the first six guys he faces, strikes out the side in the, uh, in the first inning. Uh, it's certainly not striking out the side in the all-star game, but it, it does mean something. It, it does show, you know, the rest of his teammates that, Hey, this is a guy who's, who's been taking his preparation seriously, and he's pretty locked in. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Yu Chang, you know, the player of the <laughs> week here, starts the uh, third inning with another, like, a laser into the left field bleachers. You know, we've seen him go deep against Carrasco, Plesak, and now he takes Bieber deep. That's the uh, flower of the Indians' rotation there. So, you know, I don't know where this kid is going to play or if he makes the club, but you know, early, early in, in spring training, too, he's definitely made a statement. Yeah, at the end of uh, camp in March, right before they shut down, it looked like that utility job, if it was going to be a 26-man roster, it looked like that utility job was going to go to Freeman or Arroyo. You know, one of those two guys was going to get it. Chang was sort of the afterthought. Now he's just he's tearing a cover off the ball in, in uh, inter-squad work and live BP and 
and what what was the what's the difference for him? I, I have no idea. I, I mean, you know, he's always had the reputation where he's hit. You know, he's hitting the minors. He hit had the great Arizona Fall League uh, two two falls ago. But the thing that that always troubled me, Joe, is you know when when you see him, he he doesn't play well in the field. At least for me, you know, at, at, especially at shortstop. And I think you know if that's uh you know you know Tito. I mean, his utility guy's got to play shortstop. So. You know, I think he's got a lot of trust in Freeman. You know, he, Freeman did it last year. So, you know, I, I don't think anything's going to change in, in two weeks here. But God bless uh, Chang. At least we're seeing what the Indians have seen for the last two or three years. You know, we're getting, we're getting to see him on a little more consistent basis. And, and he's hitting home runs into the left field bleachers. Granted, there's no fans in the stands, but, but he's hitting them halfway up the bleachers, uh, you know, in – in Mark McGuire territory there. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the kid is big, you know, you stand next to him, at least in spring training, he's filled out, you know, he's, he's big for a shortstop to me. I I think he's more of a second baseman or third baseman, but, uh, and he's got some pop. He's always had pop. We saw him, I saw him hit the one home run in against the angels last year at, at angel stadium. His father, his, his parents had come over from, uh, I think Taiwan to see him. Yeah. And uh, and uh, big swing and a, and a big home run. So he's it's in there. He's just got to do it a little more consistently. Yeah, that that home run went, I believe, to the opposite field gaps at uh, at Angel Stadium. So yeah, yeah. definitely has power. Uh, all right. Uh, so your impressions of the regulars on the quote unquote home team that played last night, uh, the the team that featured. The uh, complete starting infield uh, in that order, uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez at the top of the lineup, Francisco Lindor batting third in that lineup, and Carlos Santana uh, in, in the number two hole. Yeah, I love, Santana went two for three, had, had an RBI double. He looked, you know, he looked like he, he looks like he has always looked, you know. <laughs> he, uh, first at bat, he, he beats the shift and singles to right, and then he singles up the gap in center, I mean, sent right center. Uh, Hernandez. You know, was leading off, which was interesting, I thought, uh, with Lindor hitting third. Uh, struck out his first two at-bats, but he walked, you know, the, in, in the fourth inning. Then he stole second. So, you know, that was, that was interesting, you know, just uh, to see these guys are pushing it right, you know, right from the get-go here because they know, hey, it's two weeks. We've got two weeks to go, and uh, let's go. You know, this is, this is go time. And uh, so, so that was impressive. Uh, you know, Lindor and, and Ramirez both made nice plays in the field in the, in the last inning, in the fifth inning, to, you know, to really steal hits from Mercado and Naquin. I think, uh, you know, normally those, are, those were both hits. You know, Lindor made the 360 turn in, in, in center field, like behind second base. And, uh, and kind of Ramirez did, did also at third. He kind of spun around after snagging uh, Naquin's ball was already by him. And they both made the one-hop throw, and, and, and Santana picked it, you know, picked it clean. Uh, what were your impressions of the outfielders that you got to see uh, play on, on both sides uh, for the home and the visiting Indians? Yeah, you know, uh, Daniel Johnson, I guess I should, I should mention him, you know, uh, kind of a, a forgotten guy, really. Uh, you know, he was kind of hurt. In March and Feb- in February and March, he kind of had there was something going on. I can't remember if he had, it was a, a hammy or a quad. I think it might have been a quad that, yeah, that a quad. slowed him slowed him down. 
But, uh, you know, he hit the three-run homer in the fourth. Uh, this is a guy that I don't think anybody should take their eye off him, Joe. You know, you look at his stats last year, um, you know, great numbers at double-A and triple-A. Had, had a really an impressive spring training with the big league club last year. So this is another guy that, you know, left-handed hitter who can run a little bit. Got some pops, so that was interesting. Is is Daniel Johnson? Does he look like the future out there in right field? I think he, I I definitely think he is. I don't know. They've got how many outfielders do they have? And then, and a lot of them are young, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. so maybe this guy is, uh, you know, he can play left too. I think he's played a little bit of center, but I think they like him on the corners more. Uh, so he's in the mix, you know. He, just uh, another young, athletic, uh, you know, left-handed hitter. Ultimately, though, if Daniel Johnson doesn't make the the 30-man roster coming out of this camp uh, and and goes and and finishes working out the rest of the way uh, in in Lake County, that that's not a that 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 shouldn't be seen as a loss for him. I mean, he's he's there, but he's not fully there yet for for pushing for a big league spot, right? Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, observation. Um, you know, like Tito says, you know, some guys are here. You know how he breaks down spring training. You know, some guys are here to get their feet wet. Uh, the veterans are here to get their work in. And there's a middle group that are trying to make the club. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's still – probably Daniel Johnson is still getting his feet wet, getting seeing how a big league camp works. And, uh, you know, his, his time w- w- will come maybe, maybe sometime in, in August or September or maybe next year. Yeah, it, it definitely helps him coming into camp next year having had that experience and then if they expect him to be their right fielder or their left fielder coming in next season, then he's, he's already got that experience under his belt. Uh, as far as what we saw out of the relievers yesterday, uh, did, did anybody, you know, do anything to hurt themselves, help themselves, uh, whatever in, in that regard? Yeah. You know, I really, I like Simber and, and Perez, you know, Perez, Oliver Perez, was doing his Louis Tian thing. It was like, you know, the, the hesitation pitch. He looked like Satchel Page, Louis, Louis Tian. He had everything working. And, and you know, he, he throws 10 pitches and gets three outs and he's gone, you know? Mm-hmm. That, you know, so I think, you know, any uh, – I don't think we have to worry about the three-batter rule with him. I, I, I think he'll be able to cope. He, he gives you, the, he gives you the, the full twist. You see his back. And then, yeah, he'll, yeah. and then he'll quick pitch you. He'll slide step. And then he'll give you the – the two pumps and the the hesitation, it's all to get that batter off balance in the yeah, box. Yeah. And he he gets so many guys leaning out on their front foot just by the way he varies his deliveries. It, he, he really is a, a, a master at doing that. Yeah, uh, the one, oh, go on, go on. The, the, the one pitcher that I wanted to, to get your impressions of was James Karinczak because he struggled. He, he walked four, he walked in a run, and he was out there and threw a lot of pitches. Yeah, he was obviously overthrowing Joe. I think he was overamped. Uh, came in, uh, they were playing Wild Thing. As his, I don't know, is that his walk-on music? <laughs> oh Lord, I Trump. hope not. But, but he, so they're playing Wild Thing as he, as he comes out, takes him out, and then he walks Roberto Perez right away, and he walked three more guys. Just had had a terrible time finding the plate. But the thing I liked about him, Joe, he was, you know, he had the bases loaded. Uh, after forcing, after walking Greg Allen to force home a run, he's got one out, and this inning could have blown up, you know. And and you know he's he's getting close to his pitch limit. So then he then he's able to strike out Hernandez on a high fastball, 
and he gets Carlos Santana swinging early and pops up. So he got out of the inning with minimal damage. But, you know, as Tito said after the game, you know, that's a hard way to be successful. You know, right. walk four guys and just allow one run. You can't do that. And I, but I think that goes along with being a hard thrower and, and young. From what we were able to gather, his, his curveball he was able to throw for strikes and, and get batters out, but he wasn't locating his fastball at all. Yeah, his fastball was up. I mean, Hernandez did him a favor and swung, swung at a high fastball to strike out for the second out of the inning. Uh, but, um, boy, you, could, you can see the break on his breaking ball from the press box. That's how <laughs> sharp it is. It, it, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a scout to see that. I mean, he really, really breaks it off. There you go. All right. Well, there's there's one inter-squad game in the books. Uh, we did find out that they, the Indians will be trying to schedule or will, will have exhibition games where they're facing another team uh, against Pittsburgh at some point later on in camp. We still don't know the specifics about the dates on that, but we, we do know that it, it will be Pittsburgh that they face, and we don't know where or when that will be. Uh, yeah. But they will have three inter-squad – or I'm sorry, three exhibition games against Pittsburgh. At some point, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a, a home and away or or a, you know three games, some kind of three game series. Yeah, they should play him. They should play at Mahoning Valley. Yeah, right. They could <laughs> meet in be between. Great. Yeah, that'd be right there. <laughs> uh, they, they'd have to go through a whole like cleaning process at Mahoning. Oh Valley. my God! Yeah, they'd be down there right now. <laughs> speaking of cleaning and speaking of the virus and coronavirus, Major League Baseball released the results or the latest results from its uh, testing the joint testing effort with the Players Association. And after the complete intake process had, had you know, been undertaken by every team, uh, I think they're up to something like 11,000 tests now. And they're at uh, 17 new cases uh, since the intake process. And, and they've started doing the follow-up testing, which is the every-other-day testing. 17 new cases, 13 of those are players. So, uh, you know, the Indians so far haven't really uh, announced or, or demonstrated that they've, they've had anybody sort of fall off the wagon. But the, there are teams out there that are experiencing, you know, players having to miss time at camp because they didn't sort of stay in the bubble. Yeah, you know, well, we saw that with uh... – with Framel Reyes, you know, I think they've, they're really, they're pretty strict about this. And, you know, that was a uh, teaching moment too for Reyes and, and the rest of the, the rest of the players in, in that are in, you know, uh, training at, at, at Classic Park and, 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 and uh, Jacobs Field as well, Jacobs Field, Progressive Field as well, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing, Joe. I mean, you could, you could get this thing, no matter where you are, you could well, you could they, get it, you know, going to McDonald's or something. Well, and they still don't know for sure if it's, uh, you know, passed through the air or if it's only through contact. There's there's a million different questions about the virus itself. Uh, just from uh, just to recap some of the numbers from the intake screening, uh, total number of positive tests throughout all of Major League Baseball in the intake screening was 66, and 58 of those were players. Uh, 1.8% of the 3,748 total samples. 27 different clubs had a individual who was tested test positive during the intake portion. So now they've moved on to monitoring testing 
And with that is where they test every other day for the tier one, which is the players. And in, in the time since they moved on to monitoring testing, 17 of 7,401 samples uh, have been new positives, which is sort of the number that you got to watch that these new positives are, are the ones that have, have come out now. Uh, 13 of those are players and 10 different clubs have had players or people covered in that monitoring testing test positive since the intake. So that's, I, I, you know, if you look at it objectively, they're doing a pretty decent job of containing this and, and, you know, making sure that nobody is really having some sort of big surge or anything like that. But it's, it's where those numbers are being found. If, if, if that's a player that is important to a team, if Mike Trout tests and he's one of those 17 guys, you know, that's, that's a huge thing for the angels. Yeah. And you know, you can see, see the players, you know, testing positive at, at, at the intake, you know, at, at the intake exam. But after, after you pass through that, if you're, you know, if, if you're, if you test negative there and you're led into the facility and then you test positive again, well then, you know, the light hasn't gone on, you know, right. this, you know, the message isn't getting, getting across here that, this is serious business. We're trying to play baseball here. And if you want to play baseball, you're going to have to adhere to the protocols in our, in our, uh, you know, club rules or what, what are the clubhouse, uh, the clubhouse culture and yeah, each the code of conduct. Is, yeah. Yeah. The code of conduct. You have to adhere to that. If, if you're serious about playing and, and if you're not, you know, what are you doing here? The other big news uh, on Friday, 11 players now have declined participation. Uh, we, we don't use the term opt-out because that's for you know, folks who, who opt-out for medical reasons. But these are players who have declined to participate in the season so far. The biggest name now by far, Buster Posey, uh, former MVP for the Giants, has opted – or I'm sorry, has, has declined to participate. He joins David Price. Uh, Nick Marcakis, Felix Hernandez, Ryan Zimmerman, Ian Desmond, uh, among those 11 players now who have said uh, the, the risk is too great and I'm going to step away. I'll see you again next season. Uh, Buster Posey, I believe, has just adopted uh, twin uh, boys and, and they were prematurely born. So there's a lot of risk there for him if, oh. if, if the, the, the children contract the, the, the virus. So uh, completely understandable that Buster Posey would would want to step away like that. Uh, and again, uh, this is a reality of this this season is that there are people who are going to put a higher value on their family and their their health and well being than playing baseball. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now, when those guys step away from the game or to, uh, elect not to play. Do they get service time and, and do they get their salary? They will get their service time. They won't get their salary. He was yeah. uh, under the, the prorated uh, system. He was set to make about $8 million this year, I think. Uh, his contract was in the, in the $20 million range. But, you know, with, with only playing 60 games, he's only, he would have only made $8 million. Uh, I, I believe he has a $21 million uh, year next year that he's set for and a $22 million club option for the year after that. And Buster Posey's not necessarily the youngest guy on the San Francisco uh, Giants. And he, he does have a history of, you know, a, at least one knee surgery. So, uh, you know, 
who knows what, what his future is uh, in San Francisco, but uh, he won't be playing this year. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. And, you know, that's their right. If, you know, if they can choose, they can choose what they, you know, what they, what is best for them and their families. And you can't really uh, knock them for it. That's, that's, uh, that's their decision. It's still amazes me that, that Carlos Carrasco has gone into this, this whole camp and, and this, this, you know, restart of the season and not even hesitated about any of that. You know, this is a guy who this time last year, we were all, you know, seriously worried about him. We, this is a, a day after what would have been the all-star game last year when, when they had that, that powerful stand up to cancer moment with Carlos Carrasco. Could you imagine at that, thinking back to that moment and, and that night, could you imagine being where we are now with this deadly disease that could, if Carlos Carrasco gets COVID-19, he's, he, he, he yeah. could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, it, and uh, that moment still gives me chills thinking about that, that moment at the All-Star game. And <laughs> you just, he's, he's an amazing guy. He, and he, it looks like he didn't even think about it. He didn't think twice about it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, he talked with his family, he's talked with his kids, but this is a guy that had a mound outside his front door. I mean, that's how much he wanted to pitch and wanted to play this year. So, you know, everybody's different and everybody handles the stress and, and uh, you know, the threat of disease and, and differently. And, you know, maybe because Carlos has, has looked it right in the eye, maybe he's not afraid. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, good for him. All right, well, we're back into inter-squad game uh, tonight, Friday night at the ballpark. Uh, Mike Clevenger scheduled to take the mound and pitch five innings for the Indians. Uh, don't know what the, the lineups are going to look like if, if Tito is going to stick with uh, that same group in the, the sort of home side, uh, playing behind the, the starting pitcher, and then mix it up on the, the visiting team, which, uh, you know, batted for the, the, the relief pitchers every other inning. But uh, Mike Clevenger is going to take the mound for the first time in 2020 at Progressive Field. Yeah, and uh, you know, there was one guy we I forgot to talk about, Joe, uh, at the game, George Valero, the, the oh, yeah. kid, the, the prospect. And uh, well, you know what? You know why? Do you know why you skipped him? Because the Indians why? skipped him in his first at bat at the uh, in the game last night. Is they, that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened. They uh, they they skipped his at bat. They went right to Mercado. And as I was listening to Hammy's play-by-play of it, Hammy thought that that somehow uh, George Valera, who everybody knows is a left-handed hitter, yeah, yeah. Valera was batting right-handed. And, you know, Hammy, Hammy stopped short of saying, well, George Valera and Oscar Mercado looked the same. But he, he couldn't tell the difference between Oscar Mercado, who he'd watched all last season, and George Valera. But, uh, yeah, George got skipped in his first at-bat and then had an at-bat later in the game. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was sitting there keeping score, and I and I looked down. And I said, "Did he already strike out?" I, I could, I didn't. So, but then I said, "I'm saying that I thought Merc- I thought the same thing as Hammy." But then I said, "He's a left-handed hitter," you know. Right. So, and then when and he had the good at bat against in the fourth, you know, I think he worked a count against Bieber to three-two, and uh, you know, singled home a run. And uh, I did. They, I don't know if that was a hidden ball trick. Or they just picked him off first base because I I wasn't watching, but they they got him. It was they were laughing. The you know 
the infielders were laughing as they came off the field. So I, I'm not quite sure how how they how that inning ended. Yeah, they might have pushed him off the bag or something like that. But, you know, maybe messing, that was messing it. around with the rookie. That that might yeah. have been the situation. But that would that would have been just to uh, to limit Beaver's pitch count if that was the exactly. Case. Yeah. So yeah, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Valera is another kid who is is in camp to to sort just sort of fill out the roster. He's over in East Lake, but he was at the ball game last night to uh, to sort of fill out the roster. And every time he's gotten a chance, he's he's at least making people stop and take notice. Yeah, and we haven't seen the power yet. But I'm just I'm just happy. I'm just glad to get a look at him. And uh, you know that was a great at bat by by a kid. Uh, you know, in his first really exposure to the big league camp. I don't know if he he might have been over during spring training. Last two spring trains, he might have come over once he, or twice. He came over for one game during during this this past spring training. It was the one where okay. Brian Rocchio hit the home run. Right, exactly. I think uh, Valera and Rocchio both had uh, hits. Yeah, yeah. He hit the home run too, didn't the Valera? I think Valera. I think Valera and Rocchio each hit a home run. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll report back from what we see over the weekend at the ballpark. Uh, I'll be there Friday night. Hoinsey will be there Saturday and Sunday, and we'll talk to you again on Monday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.